Good morning, good evening, and good night, Galaxy. I'm your host, Johnny Chainsaw, joined by the number one co-host in the Galaxy, AZ Potato 68 uh, Today's going to be a fun podcast. We're going to go over pretty much the state of the game, where we're at, and most recently, I just reached the $1 billion in going to talk what did that really take to get there and different ways power destroyed players can get there but uh welcome potato how you doing today excellent and it's been too long since we've done these uh um you know i kind of missed it um um, and we need to do more um just for updates and and talk about what's happening in the game so really looking forward today and and i will i just want to start with congratulations on on hitting one billion in power destroyed that's quite an achievement yeah thank you you know you know there's a lot of people out there who really hate my play style anyone who's a more pvp oriented player really gets a lot of dislike from the galaxy but what people really need to understand too is i do have a strong love of the game and the love of the game is from the access of a pvp and it's not easy trust me uh, I know personally you have 870 billion in power destroyed and what players might not realize is the amount of time and dedication it goes into really getting those numbers. Yeah, it's um but we've definitely taken a completely different approach on getting um uh power destroyed numbers up there, right? And I would say that's not like hasn't been a real major focus for me. Other than recently, when I saw you getting close to a billion, I wanted to step it up a little and see if I could pass you. But um, you've been consistent in in the way that you've gotten there, right, through miners and that stuff. And, and my approach has really been around um, base raiding, um, those idle warships, defending bases and killing other warships. So completely different approach to get big power destroyed numbers. Yeah, so now the way you do it, I mean, once you hit a station, too, and they have all their ships at home, you're just going to get a pretty decent jump from when you go. Again, we've talked about it in previous podcasts that you're at the level now where you don't really raid single stations anymore. You're more or less raiding systems. Mm -hmm. But you're going to get a pretty big jump just cracking bases left and right. Yeah, you can. And defending bases, um, you know, obviously, if you have have ships that, that can effectively defend a base you know, from somebody on your team getting raided. Um, that certainly helps those numbers as well. Hasn't been my main focus, but it is nice to be, uh, you know, kind of at the top of the leaderboard. Yeah, and definitely when it comes to station defenses for one of your alliance mates, I know a lot of people, they will come into uh, alliance chat and say, oh, I can't, de- I can't defend against all these powerful ships. There's a lot of tricks, there's a lot of tactics out there that somebody, if they wanted, they really could defend anyone's stations if they're just targeting the miners that are trying to raid. Yes, they're, obviously if your ships are weak, there's no way you could defend against people's battleships. But you can defend against miners, especially if you're willing to use a lot of four-hour shields and more or less make yourself unhittable. Yeah, you've done that a lot, um, and, it, and it's annoying, right, where, where you'll come in, send a ship out, and immediately reshield, and nobody can come back after your station, um, but, it, but it's effective, 
so it's annoying, but at the same time, it's effective because um, you're sort of stuck, right? What yeah. can you go do? And that, and that, I think, is become the um, defending a station situation. Is it's it's more about being disruptive to what's happening than it is about having the strongest ship and being able to hit um, or or kill anything that's out there of, of people coming in. So it's about disruption and and interrupting the flow of the base raid. And and not just interrupting the flow. Uh, you know, a lot of it is more of a psychological approach because if you do have somebody who is in the middle of the raid and you're just targeting their miners and there's no way that they can get full loads, it's more or less psychologically crushing to them too, where it's like, well, there's nothing I can do. I can't hit them back. And every time I send out a ship, it's instantly destroyed. There is that tactic, which is a good tactic, especially when you're trying to help out an alliance, mate. Yeah, absolutely. And within your own alliance, you have some things you can do. If you're defending um, a base from a different alliance, that really opens up the door to the to the disruption that you can cause, right? So um, as an example, you see a lot of people using Rialtas, right? And, and just keeping an attack ship occupied or hitting a base and, and causing the pause in them sending a ship out or repairing, but but if it's um, if you're defending a base that's not your own alliance, if you continuously attack that base with with Rialtas, as an example, right? You're not taking anything, you don't take any damage, but it basically keeps that base so occupied that the miners coming in to raid it just never have a chance to take anything from it. So you yeah. just like yeah. flood it, flood disruption into the into the defense. Yeah, and part of that disruption is given whoever your alliance member who's not on, who is currently getting raided, you give them enough time to hopefully see one of their Discord notifications or get on the game, and then they can actually shield, and you might a hundred million in res just by more or less going kamikaze. Yeah, and and at a minimum, you know, it, it's still disruptive, and there's flow, but it's exciting, right? There's stuff to do. You're not out just like, hey, here I am mining. Now there's action something's going on that's why we build ships that we build yeah and so you can blow stuff up right so the continue the move on too i uh, i know the state of the game where we're at right now we've recently finished the mud arc and i don't know how your feelings about the mud arc were i wasn't overly impressed i didn't dislike it either i'm never a fan of heavily armada based arcs what did you think of mud i know you play it at maybe a little bit higher level you have a very strong stella right now uh, what did you think of the arc overall i liked it i i i liked the storyline um i liked the length um and breadth of the missions i liked the different things that they had going on you know being part of a team that can that can fully participate and and works together to go tackle armadas and and the other events but I felt like it was it was pretty robust, and there was a lot to do, and and I hope it's not over, right? Because one, I still have more research to do on that arc, um, and, and I'm really hoping there's at least one more phase to it, or it's a continuing. Uh, I thought it was an interesting storyline, and I enjoyed it. Now, wasn't there supposed to be some sort of PvP type 
action at the end of the arc for whoever really competed in and everything. Did they just get rid of that, or do you know if we'll see that ever come back? Oh, they, they're saying it's going to come back. There was a delay. There was apparently um, a technical challenge on that last um, PvP gauntlet um, for, for the people who qualified for it. Um, and and I think they just need to solve that, and they'll probably circle back and then and then have that event. Because I think it would be cool to have kind of this gauntlet PvP who wins it all kind of a thing. Yeah, and I so I'm, I'm, I'm hoping it'll come back, and it looks like they will. They're saying they are going to. I'm interested to see that PvP event because I want to see if by introducing that event, if it will eventually lead down to more PvP events in the future. And I've always been strongly in favor. Of those. Obviously, I know you're a big fan of them too. But we'll, I think this will be a good starting point too of what we'll see in the future for PvP. Yeah, and the dynamics where where there's there's something that's tiered, or it's not just um, the one person on the server with the strongest ships is going to win it no matter what. That there's strategy or teams involved, like something, like make it robust. Yeah, and then, yep. and then there's no way there's we can't no talk about the biggest announcement that's probably ever came from that game. And that is the introduction of the entire Star Trek universe into Star Trek Fleet Command. So that entails every movie, every show, the cartoons, anything that's owned by anything that has the rights to Star Trek. So we're talking Enterprise, DS9, Voyager, you know, the original series, all the cartoons, you know, possibly Picard. We're looking at a lot of content that could be trickling into this game. And I hope they introduce it slowly and they don't just throw everything in at us at once. No, I, I agree. It's, it's super exciting, right? G to make that connection between a, a, a game that we all love and TV shows and series and movies that we also all love, right? Or we wouldn't be playing this. But if, if, if you just dumped it all out there at once, it would be overwhelming. There would be so much to do and think about that, that, like, how would you even play? Hopefully they trickle it in. And, and I'm really hoping they make sure that it is um, um, available to the entire range of player levels. So new people coming in all the way through the people who have been playing for, you know, two years or almost two years now um, that, that have hit much higher levels. And the ones who are kind of in the middle that have been playing that long that, that are free to play. Make it accessible to everybody because it's about enjoyment of the genre, the TV shows, the movies, and the game itself. And, and connect those dots. I really hope they do it right. Um, and I think they will. They've, they've done a, a lot of things right. And, and, and people complain about the developers and how they've done certain things. But in general... And I, I've been playing as long as I have because I still enjoy it, and I feel like they add content at a pace that I can keep up with and still enjoy. Yeah, and I think there's going to be a little bit more from, I guess, call it a nerdier aspect of how are you going to have the Enterprise D from, say, the next generation? How is that going to be in the same class as the Enterprise or the Enterprise A, which on our server, we don't have any Enterprises A's yet. That's a level 50 ship for those listening. 
you know, what is what kind of dynamic is that going to be? How do you merge these different timelines and keep all the ships or currently where you're at on the same level? How is my D4 going to go against, you know, some of these newer ships from the newer universe? And I'm very curious to see what what is the bridge point. And I don't if for anybody out there who doesn't listen to any of Red Deuce's videos, he's another podcast creator. Highly recommend his videos. Tons of knowledge. You know, he talked about possibly bringing the Q continuum into the game first because that would be an easy easy bridge for the developers. Is just say, well all universes are together now because of this one godlike entity in the universe and he just made it his will but i am curious about those storylines potato how do you make ds9 and the original series how are they not just in the same universe but all their ships and all their officers on par with each other oh yeah when you look across all the different series and all the kind of major characters and officers and how they would interact and um, it could get really complex, but, but that's kind of exciting also is let, let's see how they do it. And, you know, one thing, um, you know, the developers have been pretty good at taking feedback from the player base about how it's working, what's not working. They're making changes, they're tweaking things along the way. Um, and I think they'll get a lot of feedback about, you know, how they introduce all these other kind of timelines, storylines, um, all the different series uh, in, into one game over time, right? And, and it might take them two years to do it. I, that's okay with me, right? I, I'm still enjoying it, so fine. Yeah, and, you know, the developers already kind of have done it, too, by introducing the, obviously, the Borg. The first time we were ever introduced to the Borg was you know, from Q introducing Picard and the next generation show to the Borg. And so it was never in the original series. So yes, they've already kind of done a crossover in that way, but I'm just, so to kind of backtrack a little bit where I'm very nervous too, is all the requirements, all the new ships that they are potentially going to introduce and all the new officer characters, are those going to be attainable or you know, where are those ships and characters going to lie for a player that's been around for a few years? Um, it's a good question, right? I, I mean, if they introduce a really cool ship, it's available to everybody who's level 25 and above, for example. Um, but I've already progressed to a point where I've got a Newton. Well, do I, do I backtrack and grab that ship that I might never use or how do they integrate it in um and, and maybe i don't right maybe there's a path if i just decide i'm not going to do it until later but i'd rather see that option than the only way to get the newer ships is you have to have gotten above level 40 or above level 50 or the expand um, opportunity to um, engage in in this new content you know, maybe each one of these series, too, will introduce new research trees. I know with the introducing of the outlaws, we got the outlaw tree. I just know how much time 
research trees cake. There's no easy way to speed through them unless you're going to burn a lot of speed ups and stuff. So with DS9, could we see a new station defense research tree with next generation, maybe an explore research tree with, yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of different research trees and different thoughts in that way too. Yeah, it just opens up um, a path to get where you want to go. And, and I think it gives more opportunities to play the game the way people want want to play, right? Not locked into, um, there's, a, there's a limit to what you can do. And then, you know, every server sets up their own kind of, here's our rules of engagement within our servers so we can all play together nicely. And we're seeing that evolve, but but I think when you start adding additional content, it also opens up um, different paths for people to take, depending on what their style is, and that ROE will evolve or change or get eliminated. Yeah, and I think that's a natural progression of any game, is you do let your player base dictate their in-game rules, to a sense, yep. and that dynamic's always interesting, but... Something me and you, I know I'm a fan of it, you're definitely a fan of it, is, you know, talking about players, and especially on different servers. On our server, we always try to do a player spotlight. And for this week's player spotlight, it's a little more, it's definitely a, a sadder player spotlight. But recently on server 22, we did have a very well-liked, very well-known player, Casper, recently passed away from uh, some medical issues. The Galaxy really got behind him. You know, we did a memorial in his system. I personally didn't have too many interactions with him. I have talked to him in the past, but nothing more than just a couple words. I'm not a big private messenger. So I didn't really know him on a personal level, but from everything I've heard from everyone, they said he guy now on the flip side of that i know you potato you were in multiple alliance with him and knew him very well so i'm gonna let you take the reins a little bit and talk about this week's player spotlight yeah that was a uh boy that's sad news he he really really was a fantastic guy very active player very engaged Asked a lot of questions, was always, always willing to help people out on whatever team he was on. And he and I were in a couple of alliances together and, and talked actually quite a bit, even when we weren't in the same alliance together at, at any given time. Uh, but I, I would just say, you know, he represents kind of the, the best of, of what a player can be in engaging with his team, um, with people as true friends, um, even though, you know, you don't live next door to them or didn't grow up with them, but they, they've really become um, uh, friends over time because you're chatting with them. That was a, just terrible news to hear. Um, and, and thankfully, everybody in the galaxy, right, in, in our server, really showed up to pay respects to somebody that that we respected as a real person regardless of, of, of what alliance you're part of right that everybody came together it was uh it was a it was a pretty nice thing to see that that we 
you know, continue to think about people as real people while we combat each other within the game. Yeah. And you're, you're definitely right. There is a person, there is a voice behind every gamer tag in this game, you know, and those people, they do have families, they do have loved ones. And, you know, I, nothing but prayers and respect to Casper's friends and families in real life. And I know this is a very tough time. Having the loss of any loved one could be one of the hardest things you'll ever experience in your life. And I know I've been through it. I'm sure you've been through it too, Potato. It's, it's not easy. And, you know, nothing but thoughts and prayers, especially from me, you, and all of Server 22. Yeah, absolutely. And thanks for uh, spotlighting him. Yep. So on that note, though, Galaxy, uh, this will end our podcast. We would like to take this moment now just to dedicate this episode to Casper and to his friends and family. But other than that, stay safe. Don't forget to shield. Because don't ever forget, Potato's flying around with that jelly and that Newton. He could crack your face anytime he wants. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Thanks, Johnny. It was a great uh, episode. Yep, great talking to you. All right, Galaxy, stay safe. Bye, everyone.